the animation podcast, February 25th, 2006. Vault access approved. To infinity, to infinity, 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 infinity. What's this? Go! Meet me! That's it! Jumbo! Go! Walk on the eyes of each man. I'm just drawn that way. I'd like to work with you if you don't mind. You will join me for death. Oh, goody. Now it's like this, little britches. And beyond. Hey everybody, this is Clay. Welcome to show number 12 of the Animation Podcast. This is the first of the special Vault Editions. Normally on the show, I'll interview someone in the animation industry, but today I'd like to share some audio that was generously donated by John Musker. You might remember from show number 7 that John was in the first class of CalArts animation program. When John was a student at CalArts, he had made some recordings of guest lecturers, and one of those tapes will be the foundation of the first two Vault programs. So to get you into the right mindset for this, imagine it's 1976, you're a student in the first year of CalArts animation program. Some of your classmates are John Lasseter, Brad Bird, and John Musker. And today's guest lecturer is considered by many to be the greatest animator of all time, Milt Call. He's just a few months from retiring, and he's come today to show some clips of his character Medusa from the upcoming film The Rescuers. So you'll probably want to get out your copy of The Rescuers and watch the sequence they're talking about. There's a pretty big section of this audio where it's just the um, soundtrack from the rescuers playing as they're watching it, but I've decided to leave it in for a few reasons. One, so you know what they're talking about, and two, so you can hear the reaction of the class, and three, uh, Milt makes a few comments as it's playing, so I wanted to make sure you guys got all that stuff. And to put some names with some of the voices in the audio, I believe the teacher in the class was Jack Kinney, and he was a director at Disney. He did a lot of the goofy shorts. And the other voice is one of the students, and he's kind of unmistakable if you've heard him before, and that is uh, Brad Bird. So with all that said, I'm sure you'll enjoy this, and if you happen to run into John Musker, uh, be sure to thank him for sharing it with us. These mice, and these rescuers aid society, Bianca and Bernard, they've been this little girl had disappeared from this orphanage, and, and they, uh, and the, well, it's kind of, it's pretty corny. They got a, there's a message in a, she put a message in a bottle, you know, that some of the mice find on, uh, on the shore, and uh, they bring it up to this, to this, uh, well, anyway, this, it's, 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 focus it, John? Where's the sound? Yeah. Madame Medusa's paws are bonding. No! Don't tell me. Let me guess. You found it. You found the diamond. Give you time. You bungler. You have been down there for three months. Bottles. What? Bottles. <laughs> you caught any sending messages in bottles? You blundering fool punch! <laughs> 
You've got to go bigger. Yeah, come on, in the suitcase. We don't have any of the sound effects here. You know, like it would, it would have helped if we had a slam of the phone and that sort of thing, you know. Why can't she find my 
big diamonds. How do you know? But, but just look at these beauties that she brought up from the cave. Oh, they'll sell for a lot of cold cash. Ow! Oh, she wouldn't do that. <laughs> I want that diamond. I've got to have the devil's eye. You didn't leave the girl down in the cave long enough. She won't take orders. You are too soft. The water was rising, the tide was coming in, and all she did down there was fuss about her teddy bear getting wet. You don't have a way with children. You must gain their confidence, make them like you. Yeah? How do you do that? You force them to like you. I'm going to put her down there myself and keep her there until she finds it. And it is this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that. It's pretty 
She, uh, when she takes off those eyelashes, you know, see, I've got pretty good, ex uh, I've used the eyeshadow quite a bit around the, uh, you know, not just on the lid, but around quite a bit, so it's, it makes it kind of a big area. And then where she takes them off, and uh, where the adhesive has been, there's a skin color in between the eyeshadow and the, and the eyeball, you know. And, uh, and then separating the, the, the skin color from the eyeball, like I, I had an ink it with a, with a kind of an orange line, you know, like <laughs> kind of a, a washed-out, irritated look, you know. I think she'll look kind of funny. <laughs> but that, that uh, will be held. The eyelash pulling off, I think, will be kind of, I think, uh, kind of uh, helped quite a bit by color, using by color. Oh, I saw the color model on that. You laughed just looking at the still, the still drawing. She had sapphire lipstick on. Yeah, but it's inter this is an interesting, interesting thing because uh, all you have is a conversation, and and, uh, and uh, was, I thought it was a swell opportunity to do something like this. And so yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's ever had uh, anything that's quite. Um, uh, well, I've never seen anything quite like this in animation. You know, that, uh, anybody, you know, like moving eyelashes. May I ask? Uh, that looks like something that probably was not in the script. It's something that oh, no, you added. No, 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 it was no, not in the no, story no. sketches. No, it's just a matter of getting, uh, uh, deciding, you know, what to what to what to do with it. And, you know, she's all I know in the, in the script. She's getting ready to go to bed, and so uh, uh, it occurred to me that if she had a, a hotel, a towel, you know, a towel that she's obviously swiping some hotel. <laughs> And I don't know what she'd be doing with a towel around her head. And I checked with my wife. She said, "Well, it's reasonable. She could have." So I, I thought that it would give her a, a kind of it's, it's in character. You know? And uh, and then uh, then there's a matter of routining it, getting uh, deciding just where she'd sit. And this is interesting too. Uh, the uh, I might say that the reason uh, you know if she, if she comes off of a actress here has a great deal to do with it. Geraldine Page is the voice, and she's a magnificent actress, and, and has, uh, she forces you to plus things, you know, for instance, uh, this, when she says, uh, that, that line there where she says, hi, tired or not, that little rat is going to find me that diamond tomorrow, you know, well, all this stuff that, she says everything with such intensity, it hits all these words so hard that I had to find, uh, I had to find things to do with her with, where she could physically punch these words. You can't, you, you don't want to sit down and say, she's going to find you, you know, and shake her fist, but, but, but it takes something physical like that. So uh, I had to find extra things for her to do that she could do forcibly in order to, in order to give that dialogue, put the guts in the animation that's in the dialogue. So I found that. Well, I, I, instead of just sitting down on the stool, I have her pick up, pick the stool up, which gives her an accent there, and she slams it down to a new place, and then sits down on it, then has to jump it up to the dressing table, and it gives it, it gives you, uh, uh, it gives you things that you can punch, you know. See, you know, otherwise, she, what she, she, she uh, that little, that little. Rat is going to find me that diamond tomorrow. You know, and she, so, so she, she punches jumps. the words physically. Yeah, and tomorrow she she throws a 
she, she takes her one of the earring off and slams it down the dressing table and we'll have a clack 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 you know, and uh, see which you don't get here on the, without the sound effects so the sound effects can be awfully important sometimes you can get uh, animation that that looks a little bit too soft like it doesn't have enough oomph to it you know and you put the sound effect with it and, and it'll uh, give it the guts you know along with what you're saying is say it's uh, it's so obvious that, that he gets all this force out of little uh, restraint things rather than big broad actions and that's so many times where animators will will go in and do too broad an action instead of these little restrained things and to yeah then you want to, also you want to find things that are in line that are uh, in a direct line with thought you know for instance uh, on the pawn shop stuff well uh, Again, there, this wonderful woman, uh, Paige, has, uh, uh, she got so much exuberance in this dialogue, you know, just, uh, you know, when, when she, she, first place she assumes, when she answers the phone, she assumes that he's found the diamond, that's the reason she's, he's calling her, you know, and God, she's just, she, and she gets so damn much effervescence and, 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 and you know, it's just, it's just, she just, uh, just, you know, she's just wild with joy, you know, that she's, she's found a diamond, and she's so damn disappointed when he doesn't. Well, I had a hard time uh, getting a, the exuberance in the animation that she has in the dialogue, you know, and I, I, I explored that for quite a, quite a bit. And, uh, and then I kind of got off the hook, too, and I, where, she, where she says, uh, you found the diamond. Well, uh, you know, she kind of, this day, she's in her 50s, you know, and she, she considers herself a kind of a sex pot, you know. She, you know, she gets kind of girlish and coy. And this, you know, it's like when she says she found a diamond, like I injected this little girlish thing with you, you know, like it's, a, you know, giving, yeah. you know, she found a present for me, you know, you know, that kind of a thing. And uh, so you can, you can explore. Now I see. I one time I while while I was fooling around with that, I I uh, I, I I I. I usually plan stuff with thumbnails, and uh, and uh, when I'm kind of exploring how to, you know, how, what I'm going to do with the sequence, well, I'll, I'll thumbnail it out, and I'll, and I'll figure out all my business and my staging. By the time I start animating, I know exactly what I'm going to do with this. I've decided what I'm going to do with the scene, and I'm not going to surprise myself. I'm going to, you know, stick to that plan pretty much. And uh, so I had I I'd have, I had to reach the end of the phone cord and get pulled back. You know, well, see that's bad. Uh, uh, something I I been a drawing it. I you know I went along with it. I haven't thought that far, but but uh, I mean a little thumbnail. But uh, I didn't decide that that's bad because what it does it injects a, a new thought. You know that you know. The, fact that she gets reaches the end of the card who gives a damn you know so it's not it's not good it's better to keep to not do anything to spoil her exuberance there you see you know so so uh, uh, I think anything you do in, in, in entertainment I don't not just animation it's there's no difference you know you're you're, you're doing a performance you know you're you're exactly doing exactly what an actor is. You're just trying, you're just getting the most, trying to get the most out of performance. That's the only way you can look at it. So it just happens that it's an animation medium. But, 
but uh, entertainment is the name of the game, you know. You, 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 so you want to milk everything you can get out of the out of the personality, what, what your character is, and what everything. To try to get it the most out of what presents it, what what the possibilities of the situation are. So, you know, this woman is remarkable. Uh, I have to tell you, when I, uh, in the in the stuff in the salon, the, the riverboat. So the time she comes in the door, until the time she says, come along, Pitsy Poos, uh, they had her in. I, I wasn't even on the, over on the stage. Uh, they had her in to find out whether they wanted to use her and whether she wanted to do it. And, uh, and they had this uh, dialogue written there, which was... Uh, she didn't follow exactly. But it was it it was a kind of a well anyway I've, uh, I heard I heard this thing and I thought oh my God here's a, here's you know this is a gal you know and this is this is this is your, our, our character and uh, I found about a hundred feet there from, clear from the time she enters until she walks off in the alligators that where uh, uh, I could. Just so I could use it for put it in production. Just made production because I was really anxious to get going in this thing. So that was the first stuff I did. But anyway, there was one line there where I was wondering if maybe uh, we can maybe I toyed around the idea of maybe doing a little different, but uh, differently than I did. But uh, but I'd have to she she would have had to say the the, the uh, line a little differently. So I thought well. I, I asked for for the outtakes on it, you know, to find out uh, maybe maybe she did said a different way in one of them, and there weren't any outtakes. This was her first time through it. Imagine that, and and uh, I I just uh, that's quite amazing, really. This woman is a terribly talented. You know, for instance, uh, when she says uh, you are too soft, you know, she says you are too soft. You know, well, she the. You know, to think of that, on the, you know, just off the top of her head, going through, as, you know, the stuff for the first time, I think is, is uh, damn creative. Uh, you know, this is, this is what makes a great actress, really. So I, 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 I have nothing but respect for this person. And, and uh, you have to, uh, you have to give a great deal, of, if, this, if this character is successful, well, you have to give a great deal of credit to her because because uh, in the first place, it's half of the performance, and, and in the second place, she, uh, she 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 just compels you to get to get more out of your animation than you might have otherwise. You know, if, if somebody else had been doing it, you know, I mean, doing doing the voice. So, voices are terribly important, but again, you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't rely on them, you know. Where you have a tendency, there's a tendency now in animation, you know, and, and especially with the other studios, they'll get they'll get voices and they'll record it like it's a like it's a radio show or something. And uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll lean on the voices, you know. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't lean on anything. It ought to all be as good as you can get it. So 
That's the end of side one of the Milk Call Tape. We'll get to side two pretty soon. If you'd like to discuss this show, I'd welcome you to go to the website at www.animationpodcast.com and there you can comment on the post for this particular show. As always, you can call the feedback hotline, which is area code 206-666-2668 and that's a number where you can leave a voice message with any comments or questions. And you can also email me at animationpodcast at gmail.com. And there were a couple phone calls since the last show, so here they are. Hi, this is Elizabeth Marinas. I'm a student at Sheridan College in Canada, and I love your show. It's awesome. Just to know the passion people still have after all this time working in animation. And I just would like to ask, I hear that 2D animation is being sent majority now overseas. Is it usually that 2D animators go overseas and work? And... I'd like to ask as well, like, was it difficult to learn lip sync, like, to make it look natural? And that's pretty much it. Great show, and keep up the good work, and bye. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for the call. Um, the reason 2D animation goes overseas is because it's cheaper to pay animators in foreign countries than it is to pay animators who live in the United States and Canada. Um, and generally no animators don't follow the work because if they did that would mean that they would be getting paid what foreign countries pay and uh, I just don't know that many people that would do that and generally when this happens they just uh, try to find other ways to make a living and hopefully it could still be in the animation industry but a lot of the times it is not but you never know with recent developments there could uh, definitely be a possibility of a comeback of 2D animation And I've definitely got my fingers crossed for uh, a lot of people I know that would uh, love to get back into that. And your second question, was it difficult to learn to make lip sync look natural? Uh, Yes, and it still is. It's it's just very hard. It it takes a lot of paying attention. And, uh, you know, I think the hardest thing about uh, doing dialogue is just making it look like those sounds are coming out of that character's mouth. I tend to approach dialogue the same way that I animate a shot. I'll just, you know, go through it and, and find... The big shapes, you know, the big O's, the A's, the E's, and also the the consonants and the T's and the P's and the B's and all the basic stuff you can find in a a Preston Blair animation book. And after that, it's just a matter of working out the timing, you know, favoring keys or snapping into the next shape or easing from one to the next. I think that's one thing I see in a lot of young animators' work is uh, they kind of go from one shape to the next and and there's not a lot of texture, meaning favoring one shape or another or or staying on one pose for a very long time. 
And to be honest, I feel kind of silly talking about this on the Milk Call audio. I mean, he's a, a great example of a master of dialogue. If you look at any of his work, especially, especially stuff from the Jungle Book or the Rescuers, the stuff he's talking about in this show, um, it, it's just great reference. And one thing you can really learn from watching his stuff is that he doesn't enunciate every shape. You know, he'll he'll span a few sounds with one shape, and it totally works. So, so his stuff's always very economical, but it always feels right on to me. And really the best thing I can say is just, you know, practice, look in a mirror, and just watch your animation and ask yourself if it sounds like the character is actually producing that noise. Hey Clay, this is Michael from Chicago. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and uh, this is, uh, I have to say, it's like really great stuff. It's great to hear, to hear from the likes of um, Nick Ranieri, Andreas Deja, and um, directors Musker and Clements. Um, I've been really enjoying the podcast, and I just had to comment about um, uh, Mr. Butler's um, Part 2 podcast. Some good stuff there, because I'm a computer animator. I got into um, animation wanting to do hand-drawn, but unfortunately at the time, hand-drawn was on its way out and kind of had to, um, for lack of a better word, assimilate into a computer. But I did um, get a chance to do a little bit of hand-drawn animation at an uh, internship. But it was interesting listening to Mr. Butler talk about what he looks for in a demo reel, and that's kind of got had me um, going for the past couple of weeks, um, thinking of ideas. I was kind of interested about what he was saying. He was talking about uh, Mr. Daryl W. Johnson and about his demo reel, and I was wondering if um, if uh, Mr. Johnson had a web page somewhere or his demo reel was posted where I could kind of see what his looked like. Anyway, I hope to um, hear more about the um, more about the Nick Ranieri series and. Of course, anything more from the um, guys of Disney. And I um, just want to say, um, once again, uh, thanks for the podcast, and I look forward to hearing more in the future. Bye. Hey, Michael, thanks for calling. If you want to see the tests that uh, Eamon mentions that Daryl had done, uh, you can find a link in the show notes for the last Eamon show and also in the comments section of the same show. Daryl provided a link to his uh, movie file. And just so you know, the work that we're talking about, Daryl had done in 1998... So it's definitely not his latest work, but it is a good example of uh, getting a lot from some really basic rigs. So that'll wrap it up for the phone messages. And, uh, you know, if you enjoy the shows, please go to the website and comment or call and leave a message. It's really the best way for me to, uh, you know, get feedback on the shows and know you guys are enjoying it. And it's always a good reminder for me to make more shows. And that will wrap it up for show number 12. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.